We don't see things in life the way they are. We see things in life the way we are. Seven seven six zero. Winning with attitude. Part two. Thank you for joining, brothers of the word, because brother, you need the word. <laughs> we welcome all of you joining us by television, and those of you joining us online at brothersoftheword.com and Facebook Live. Delighted to have you to tune in and join us on today. We'd like to share just a little humor. A doctor broke the bad news to a man that his wife would have to be admitted to a psychiatric hospital. I'm afraid her mind's completely gone, the doctor said. The husband replied, makes sense to me. She's been giving me a piece of it every day for the last 15 years. Well, we're doing part two of a series entitled Winning with Attitude, Winning with Attitude, Winning with Attitude, and I just want to define attitude. Attitude is an inward feeling expressed by outward behavior. It's an inward feeling expressed by outward behavior. Attitude is our approach to life. It's our approach to life. It's our life stance. It's how we approach life. Our attitude is determined by what you focus on. What you focus on determines your attitude. What you focus on determines your attitude. Our attitude is determined by how we readily adjust ourselves. How we readily adjust ourselves determines your attitude. Someone said that life is a grindstone. And whether it grinds you down or polishes you up depends on you. Life itself is a grindstone. And it either grinds you down or it can polish you up. But it depends on you. And attitude, attitude I believe is the key part of that deciding factor. Attitude is sort of like your mind's paintbrush. And with your mind, you can paint beautiful, bright colors, vibrant colors of life. Or you could paint a very dull, dreary, weary existence with the paintbrush of your mind. But your attitude colors your life. Your attitude colors your life. And so whether you experience the bright hues and expressions of wonderful color or a dismal, dreary, weary existence all based on the paintbrush of your attitude. Your mind is like a paintbrush for your attitude. And so this lets us know that we choose our attitude. We control our attitude. We are able to manage our attitude. There are sometimes even the best of us. Now, I'm a guy that has a pretty good attitude. I have a pretty good attitude, I must say. You got to really work hard to make me lose it. 
Now, I do lose it every once in a while. But you got to really work hard. When you see me lose it, you better really look around because something serious has happened. <laughs> something serious has happened when I lose it. But um, I remember once I went to a banquet. And I just happened to be sitting at the table with Clayton and his wife. It was a church anniversary banquet for our cousin. And I just had a bad attitude that day. I don't know what had gotten into me. I was complaining about everything. I said, man, what's taking them so long to come get my order? Why didn't they take my coffee order first? You know, I was just complaining. <laughs> I was complaining. And later on, I thought about it. I said, why did I have to have a bad? I chose. I allowed myself to have a bad attitude. So we choose our attitude. And we have to manage it. And I don't care how good you are, you have to actively manage and control and choose the attitude that you're going to embrace for the day. And you actually start off in the morning. And so you start off in the morning and hopefully you can say, good morning, God, instead of saying, good God, is morning. <laughs> you know, because what you do in the morning sets the tone for the whole day. It sets the tone for the whole day. Someone said something to the effect that if you can hold things together until 10 a.m., then the rest of the day will take care of itself. So it was basically saying if you can just have a great attitude in the first part of the morning, you set the tone. It's like you set the thermostat. You set yourself and it carries throughout the whole day. But if you wake up and you're fussing and you're where were you last night? Why you get home so late last night? Why you didn't take out the trash? Why you leave those dishes in the sink? You know, if you wake up with a fussing, irritable attitude, that kind of messes up the whole day. That messes up the whole day. And so you have to guard yourself, especially first thing in the morning, because it sets the tone for the entire day. But if you can wake up with an attitude of praise, you can wake up and say, this is the day that the Lord has made. And in it, I will rejoice and be glad in it. So you wake up with that attitude and you set your attitude for today. Somebody said, remember that the difference between a good day and a bad day is attitude. It's attitude. It's your attitude. So you can choose to have a good day. You can choose to have a good attitude and you can choose to have a good day. There was a grandfather and he was asleep on the couch out in the den and his grandkids were visiting, and so they went and they put some Limburger cheese in his mustache. And so their grandfather, he finally stirred himself, and he awoke. He said, it stinks in here. And he got up, and he went into the kitchen to see what it smelled like in the kitchen. He walked in the kitchen. He said, it stinks in here. And then he said, I'll go outside and get me some fresh air. And he opened the door and went out the front door. And he said, the whole world stinks. And so that's how our attitude is. Our attitude follows us everywhere we go. Our attitude determines the world we live in. It affects our whole world, our attitudes. You don't see things the way that they are. You see things the way you are. It's your condition. You see things through the lens of your own attitude. You see things through the lens of your own attitude. A man was traveling and he was moving to a new town. And so as soon as he got there, he saw a farmer out on the side of the road. And he said, what are the people like in this town? I'm new here. And so the farmer said, well, what were the people like in the town you're coming from? And he said the people were nasty and they were low down and they were a bunch of crooks and you couldn't trust anybody. They were mean. 
And the farmer said, oh, you'll find them the same way here. And not too long after that, another man was moving in the same town. And he, he stopped and asked the same farmer. He said, he said, I'm new here. What are the people like in this town? And the farmer said, well, what are the people like in the town you're coming from? He said, oh, the people were wonderful, friendly, nice, kind, generous. And the farmer said, you'll find them the same here. See, we don't see things in life the way they are. We see things in life the way we are. Our attitude colors our world. Our attitude colors our world. I remember hearing about a story of Sam Walton, the founder of Walmart. And one day he was with one of his managers and they decided to go to a competitor's store to just check out the competitor store, you know, just to sort of do a little case study and to scope things out and so that they can, you know, see how they were measuring up to the competition. And so the manager and Sam Walton went into the store and he said, we're going to split up and we'll meet back and we'll discuss our findings. And when they split up and explored the store, they met back as they were leaving and Sam asked him, he said, what did you find? He asked his manager, he said, what did you find? He said, the store was awful. He said the shelves were out of stock. It was dirty everywhere, merchandise unlabeled. It's really mismanaged, horrible, 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 horrible condition in the store. And he said, Mr. Walton, what did you find? And Mr. Walton said, they had the best pantyhose dispenser I had ever seen. And I have jotted down the item number, and I want you to order them and get them into all of our stores. Two men, they saw the same thing, but one saw something. One saw something beneficial. One saw something good, and the other only had complaints. And so we don't see things the way they are. We see things the way we are. We see everything through the lens of our attitude. Your attitude colors your world. Your attitude colors your world. Your attitude colors your world. A soldier and his new bride, they were just recently married, and he was stationed out in the middle of the desert. He didn't think it would be a good idea for his wife to come and be with him there, so he advised her to stay back home, but no, she wanted to be with her husband. And so they were living out in the middle of the desert, and it was 115 degrees every day, and they were just in a little hut, and just really horrible, hard conditions. And he would be gone away on certain deployments, and so she would be left alone there, and it just got to the point where it was unbearable. And so she wrote her mother a letter and said, Mom, I think I'm coming home. I can't take this any longer. And her mom wrote her back and said, she gave her some encouraging words, and she ended it with one little phrase. She said, two men were in prison looking out of the window. She said, one saw mud and the other saw stars. And the wife took that and pondered that. And she made the decision to begin to see stars. And even in the midst of the hot desert, she started going out. She went out and got to know her neighbors and became great friends and started learning the crafts. They were doing all types of crafts and sewing and different things. And so she really got involved with that. She began to appreciate even the beauty of the desert, even the architecture. And she began to appreciate the quietness and the stillness and the serenity and the beauty of the desert and even all of its artifacts. She began to collect and study them and it just became an archaeological wonder to her and she began to write of her experience and after a while she began to enjoy her experience because she chose to look at the stars. She chose to look at the stars. Even my daughter Elisha, she spent a semester in Ghana 
studying. And when she first got there, I remember the first few days when she first arrived in Ghana, Alicia didn't think she was going to make it. And she said, I don't know about this. She said, we have to sleep under a net because of the mosquitoes. And she said, everything is just so backwards here, and I have to walk everywhere. And so she said, I don't know if I'm going to make it. So she wasn't sure whether or not she was going to be able to cut it in Ghana. But by the end of that semester, Elisha didn't want to come home. (laughs) Elisha fell in love with Ghana. And then she got home, and I started reading her post on social media. And she just started saying, oh, how I miss Ghana. I love Ghana. I want to go back to Ghana. I started saying, shut your mouth up. You didn't want to go over there to begin with. (laughs) I said, you didn't think you were going to make it, but she fell in love. Once she began to enjoy the beauty of the people and the customs and the way of life and the beautiful land. And, but she changed her focus. Once so she turned and began to see the beauty, she fell in love. And I want you to notice, Ghana didn't change. She changed. The desert didn't change. The other woman changed. And so life and how we enjoy life is based on us. It's not really based on life. It's based on us. I'm not saying there aren't challenges. I'm not saying there aren't real challenges and obstacles and problems in life. But I'm saying we do have the choice in how we respond, how we react, how we relate, what we choose to look at, what we choose to think about, what we choose to focus on determines our attitude and our enjoyment of life. Gratitude is such a powerful part of having a winning attitude because gratitude always is looking for the good. It's always giving thanks for the good. It's always looking for the good and it causes you to focus on the good and as a result it gives you a wonderful attitude. It's hard to have a bad attitude when you're grateful, when you take time to give thanks, when you take time to list all of your blessings. When you take time to think of everything that you do have. may not have everything you want, but when you're grateful for everything that you do have, for what you do have. And so gratitude causes you to have a great attitude because it forces you to focus on the good. It forces you to focus on the good. So what we focus on determines our attitude. What we focus on determines our attitude. It also determines What really affects your attitude is, you know, your thoughts. Your thoughts affect whatever you're thinking about. That affects your your attitude. That greatly affects your attitude. I like something that Maya Angelou said. She said, if you don't like something, change it. She said, if you can't change it, change your attitude. And she said, don't complain. Flip over, if you will, with me to the book of Philippians. The book of Philippians. I want you to see something. The Apostle Paul said the same thing. Now, we started in Philippians last time, and it was because Philippians is such a great attitude book. I would have to say that Philippians is the best attitude book in the whole Bible because the Apostle Paul just had such a great attitude, and he infused and inspired others with his great attitude. Even in the midst of some very dire circumstances, he just had the greatest attitude. He had the greatest attitude. I love that. Now, let me say this before we read this. I got to say this. Turn your name and say, he has to say this. I got to say this. I would be amiss. If I did, if I left here without saying this, I was just kind of thinking through the scriptures and I was like, Lord, who are some people that had great attitudes? Who are some people that had great attitudes? And who are some people that had poor attitudes? And I, I came up with three on each side, three on each side. Here are three that had poor attitudes. Cain, Cain had a poor attitude. Now I want to share something with you. 
Our attitudes are very important to God. In fact, our attitudes are so important to God, God had a discussion with Cain about his attitude. God literally talked to Cain about his attitude. God said, Cain, why are you frowning? Why is your lip poked out? Why are you walking around with an attitude? God was literally dealing with Cain about his attitude. And God was trying to get Cain to change his attitude. And God has said to Cain, he said, Cain, man, look, why are you been out of shape? Change your attitude. You change your attitude, you will change your life. You will change the way you view things. Cain is not that bad. You can change this Cain if you will change it. And so God kept wrestling with Cain, trying to get him to change his attitude. And he then warned him. He said, Cain, if you continue in this attitude, it's not going to be well for you. God was warning Cain about his attitude. And it wasn't long, just a couple of verses after that, Cain killed Abel because of his attitude. He had a bad attitude and God saw it coming and he tried to warn Cain. A bad attitude will take you places you don't want to go. And it'll take your life places. It'll just cause you to be in a, a place where you're not enjoying life. And so anyway, Cain was one who had a bad attitude. Samson had a bad attitude. Samson had a bad attitude. Didn't end very well for Samson as a result. Samson was a great man, a powerful man. He had something nobody else in history has had. He had muscles like mine. And, but anyway... <laughs> But Samson was a powerful man. He was a powerful man. Had everything going for him. But he had a bad attitude. And because he had a bad attitude, it hindered him in his life. It hindered him in his ministry. It hindered him in his calling. It really hindered Samson in his destiny. It was really because of his attitude. He had a bad attitude. He didn't want to listen to anybody. And, you know, he would fly off the handle. So Samson had an attitude problem. He had an attitude problem. The third person I thought about with an attitude problem is the prodigal son, not the prodigal son, but his brother. His brother had a bad attitude. And I want you to see something. Now, in the story of the prodigal son, the prodigal son was out of father's house because of sin, sins of the flesh. But his brother, the one who stayed faithful to his father, at the end of the story, he ends up out of father's house because of the sins of his spirit, his attitude. He had a bad attitude. He had a bad attitude. And here he was outside of father's house, not enjoying father's house because of a bad attitude. And the father had to step outside trying to deal with his attitude. So a bad attitude, it'll take you places you don't want to go. Turn to name and say, a bad attitude will take you places you don't want to go. It'll take you places you don't want to go. And so those are the three that, I, that had horrible attitudes. Samson, Cain, the prodigal son's older brother, they had bad attitudes. And it just caused them to miss out on some things in life. Caused them to miss out. Now see, if the older brother... If he'd had the right attitude, man, he could have gone back in the house dancing. You know, he could have said, hey, man, I'm going to throw me a party tomorrow night. <laughs> in fact, everybody, y'all come back tomorrow night and party at my house. <laughs> you know, if he'd had a good attitude, man, he didn't play his cards right. He didn't play his cards right. <laughs> but he had a bad attitude. He had a bad attitude. But anyway, I thought about three people that had good attitudes. The best attitude in the whole Bible outside of Jesus. Now, I'm not going to include Jesus, but of course, we have to put Jesus number one. But outside of Jesus, the best attitude in the whole Bible, I have to give it to Joseph. 
Joseph had the best attitude, had the best attitude. I mean, he was mistreated, lied on, all this accused in prison. You never heard him complain once. He was faithful, just did an excellent job, keep doing it. He was trusting God, just kept doing it faithfully, obedient, faithful, loving God, doing his best. Bad things happened to him, unfair things happened to him. He never complained, never questioned God. He just kept doing a good job, doing the best he could where he was with what he had just faithful. And man, God blessed him, I believe, because partly because of his attitude. What an attitude. I believe God gives us attitude tests. God gives us attitude tests. God gives us attitude tests. That's one way he tests our maturity level. He tests our maturity level. He's simply by testing our attitude. He can test your attitude. That tests your maturity level. He can test our spirituality with our attitude. But anyway, Joseph, I believe, had the best attitude. Daniel had a great attitude. Great attitude. Here are some people. Had him thrown in the lion's den. They were plotting against him. They were doing all type of evil, trying to bring him down. Haters, jealous. They were doing, you know, Daniel never fought back with them. He never said two words against them. Daniel went right on. In fact, he didn't even complain going into the lion's den. Now, I've got to be honest with you. I don't complain going in there. I'm like, look, I ain't done nothing to deserve this. <laughs> I would have been complaining. I would have been complaining. Yeah, they would have heard something out of me walking in that lion's den. Daniel didn't even complain. Well, he walked right on in there and went to sleep. God had a great attitude. God had a great attitude. God had a great attitude. And then the third person who had the best attitude be the Apostle Paul as we just discovered in the book of Philippians. He had a great, great, great attitude. And I was getting ready to show you some of these scriptures, but I'm out of time. So anyway, we'll pick up and do part three next time. And I want to show you some things from God's word concerning our attitude and things to just help us to live life at its best, to enjoy life, no matter what you're going through. You know, life isn't perfect. There are hard times, but we can still have a great attitude. We can still have an attitude where we can take life in stride and don't let things get us bent out of shape easily and don't just lose it over nothing. And we don't have to live depressed and mad and angry and worried and stressed out and fearful and all of these things. No, we can have a wonderful attitude because God is our God. He's our Heavenly Father, and He's on our side. He is with us, and we have His Word, and we have the Holy Spirit, and we have Jesus, and we have the anointing, and we have His blood, and we have His name, and we have His peace, and we have His joy, and we have His love. We can have a good attitude. We can have a good attitude. We're citizens of the kingdom of heaven. We have an inheritance. We're heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus. Blood has been shed for us. We're no longer old sinners. We've been saved by grace. We've been made acceptable in the beloved. We've been counted his own children, sons and daughters of God. I've been raised up together with him. Oh, man, we can have a good attitude. Oh, man, I'm out of time. Those of you watching by television, I just felt like preaching. I just felt like preaching. I felt my preaching coming on, but I'm out of time. I'm out of time. If only I had five more minutes, I would have hooped. (laughs) Those of you watching us by television, I want you to go to brothersoftheword.com. You can listen to this entire series absolutely free of charge. You can also email it to a friend. Thank you so much for joining us today at Brothers of the Word, because, brother, you need the Word. 
You are listening to BrothersOfTheWord.com. This was part two of the message titled Winning with Attitude by C. Elijah Bronner. This message is number 7760. That's 7760. To listen to over a thousand free messages or to send this message number 7760 to a friend, go to BrothersOfTheWord.com. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to help support this ministry, go to IWantToGive.com. That's IWantToGive.com. Listen to BrothersOfTheWord.com often because, brother, you need the word. Oh, brothers of the word.